Well, hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here where you can find practical help for the heart and home as we ponder life from a biblical perspective, as well as a weekly digital dose of discipling to help equip us to be better effective in the opportunities that God places before us to further his kingdom. Welcome back to Moments with Moni. This is episode number 148, and today we will rejoin Ruth in the field of Boaz. Well, I hope you survived this large storm across the country that left some snow here in Arkansas. I used up my time wisely on Saturday to bake some bread, just like I had suggested to some of you if you were going through the Going Deeper worksheets, to um, make some bread and share it with a family member or a neighbor. Show some love to someone else. In keeping with the Bethlehem House of Bread theme, I baked one loaf of sourdough. It turned out to be a huge round loaf of fluffy sourdough, actually. And then what I had planned on making was one loaf in a bread machine of some uh, multi-grain bread for toast turned out to overflow the bread machine. So I had to pull it out and turn it into, it actually made two loaves of bread that I baked into the oven while the round sourdough loaf baked. So we were blessed with lots of bread and a chance to share it with others. In the Going Deeper worksheet for week number four, there were some verses that I shared, hoping that you would be able to go through them. And some of them right now I'll share. 1 Peter 2, 7, the gist of these were that honor all and love fellow believers, fear God and honor the king. Exodus twenty twelve. I got the nugget of treasure from that one was honor father and mother. And then 1 Timothy 6, 1, servants or handmaids or slaves. Today, be considered employees, I suppose. Then honor your masters and your leaders so that God and his word will not be reviled. So as employers, give that honor to your employer. 1 Timothy 5, 17. Give double honor to the elders, the older Christian leader, especially to those who labor in the word and doctrine. Are you praying for your pastor? Are you praying for your pastor and your pastor's family? Because they're laboring in the word of God. And they will stand before God and give an answer for every word, just like we will. And they care for your souls. So, so remember to pray for them. I hope as you went through the worksheet and listened to the study this week that God revealed his love to you and also that you were able to show love to others this week. All right, last week we left off in verse 10 on chapter 2 where Ruth was on her face bowing down on the ground and asking the owner of the property, why have you taken such knowledge of me, seeing that I am a stranger? Who am I? In Psalm 8, says the same thing. Who am I that you would take notice of me, God? 
She's bowing down her face in humility and wondering how she was given such favor. So we'll pick up in verse 11, but I wanted to mention, if you're ever short of time, you can actually speed up the playback time on most of your podcast players. Just look around for the little 1x, half x, 2x, 1.5x times, and that way you can set this podcast at a quicker pace or a slower one, or just stop and back it up anytime you need to. If you can't find that on your podcast player, then you can always Google it and find out how to do that. Ruth chapter 2 verse 11. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed to me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knowest not heretofore. Phew! That was a mouthful. So here Boaz has gotten a report on this young, hard-working woman that's been in his field. And now he knows that they are related, but he doesn't give it away to Ruth. He says that he understands that you're working for your mother-in-law since the death of their husbands, and that she left everything that she knew, her mother, her father, her native land, and she came to a people that until now she hasn't even known. But at this point, the author still keeps Ruth in suspense. And we continue, The Lord recompense thy work, says Boaz to Ruth, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Oh my, Boaz's heart is revealed here. He goes a bit further than just answering Ruth's question, and he declares a blessing on Ruth. He asks God to recompense her work, the work that she's done out in the field for her relative. And this recompense, or means to reciprocate, restore, reward, keep safe in mind, body, or estate, the Bible commentator Matthew Henry says this is actually a very strong gesture of affection for a stranger to go ahead and pronounce this blessing over this young woman. And we hear these words in Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2, where God shares, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. And he goes on, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His trust shall be thy shield and buckler. No, God is not a chicken. He doesn't have wings like a chicken. It is a metaphor that can be explained this way. The wings uh, actually translate as extremity of a bird would be the wing of a garment or bed clothing or a flap and then of the earth, a quarter. So a quarter of the earth would be a flap? Hmm. He's asking that Ruth would be compensated for all the work that she has done 
and then given a full reward by the God of Israel under whose wings she has come to trust. She fleed her country. She came there with Naomi, fled away from Moab, and fled to the house of bread for protection and refuge in Bethlehem. And here she finds herself on the field of a kinsman redeemer, but she doesn't even know it yet. Verse 13 continues, Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. Ruth was so grateful to find favor in someone's eyes, to be able to glean on their land, and she was surprised by his gracious behavior, being a servant, but not really being a servant of his on his property. And then Boaz, he, of course, in his graciousness and kindness, goes even one step further, and he invites her to the table to eat with them. Yes, go ahead, stay there in my field, but also at mealtime, come and eat with us at the table. Quick culture moment here. They didn't have the dining tables and chairs like we have. What they had was more like a very low table and then sat around that or leaned against it or on a pillow and everyone shared from the main dish on the table and they would dip their piece of bread or um, like a tortilla and dip it into whatever mix they had there of the oil and the vinegar. So as they did this, this would be considered the act of close-knit people or a family, especially now with COVID around and all that it implies. I mean, you're sharing germs here in this bowl, but I'm sure they also had rules like no double dipping. <laughs> I suppose now would be the actual first hint of romance in the air, as Boaz showed this great kindness towards her. So she did eat, and she dipped her bread in the vinegar, and was sufficed and left. She was satisfied and full. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let also fall some of the handfuls on purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them and rebuke her not. I came across a quote from Charles Spurgeon on this, and he says, She did eat and was satisfied. Your head shall be satisfied with the precious truth which Christ reveals. Your heart shall be content with Jesus as the altogether lovely object of affection. Your hope shall be satisfied for whom have you in heaven but Christ? Your desire shall be satisfied, for what can even the hunger of your desire wish for more than to know Christ and to be found in Him? 
you shall find Jesus, that he fills your conscience till it is at perfect peace. He shall fit your judgment till you know the certainty of his teachings, and he shall fill your memory with recollections of what he has done, and fill your imagination with the prospects of what he is yet to do. You shall be satisfied. Have you ever felt that way after you've been studying God's word, reading the bread of life, and stepped away from that table and felt so satisfied with what he had just filled your heart and your mind with? Again, here, Boaz goes above and beyond what a kind gentleman would do. The gleaning law in Leviticus 23:22 allows for the poor in society to come along and pick up the leftovers, but he tells his men to drop some on purpose so that she can take a lot of grain home to Naomi. Just like God does, we come to his table and he extends grace so much more than we can ever expect. And so she gleaned in the field until evening time and beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley, which was about 30 to 50 pounds. My, my, that's a strong woman to be carrying that around and all the way home. And she took it up, she carried it, and went with it to the city. She went home, and there she showed her mother-in-law what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her all that she had reserved after she was sufficed. So not only did she bring home all of this grain, but she brought home leftovers from the lunch. There was no need to even cook that night. Instant fast food at home all because of the goodness and the kindness of a stranger through Boaz. But remember, Ruth doesn't know that this is a kinsman redeemer, and at this point Naomi still doesn't know that this was Boaz, her kinsman, uh, her relative. So in verse 19 it picks up, And her mother-in-law said to her, said to Ruth, Where have you gone a-gleaning today? I'm sure it was in a shocking voice. Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Where did you work? Blessed be he that took knowledge of you. And Ruth told her mother-in-law, with whom she had wrought, where she worked, and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Well, if this were a Hallmark movie, I would have to say right here would be the perfect stop point for the drum roll for a time for a chick flick commercial. Can you just see Naomi go from this bitter heart to complete and utter shock and disbelief? And all this happened just because Ruth was extended grace by Boaz our picture of our Redeemer, where Jesus extends grace to us every day. Ruth is a wonderful example for us to glean everything we can from the Word of God. Remember, things do work out in His time, in His way, and we don't have to know the whole picture. 
We just have to trust God. And just like Ruth, we can find rest and protection and refuge and shelter under the wings of our God. He is a strong tower, a refuge in time of trouble, and an anchor for our souls. And verse 14 actually gave mankind a picture of communion, where the bread was dipped into the fermented wine, uh, this vinegar that they had the red. It translates as red, and also as a picture of the marriage supper of the Lamb, where the bride and Christ will spend time together and enjoy a meal to consummate their marriage in heaven during that same time frame those on earth will be going through the tribulation we have a hope and a future in christ and he promised to keep us from the wrath of god during that time and as we glean from the word of god it's good to share that with others for there's always food enough at god's table to share with others so as we learn from God's word, it's good that we share it with others so that they can come to know how precious God is to our souls and how needed he is for salvation and sanctification and redemption. All big words, but mostly to understand that God loves you and he loves others and he doesn't want any to leave this world without his offer of salvation being accepted so that we can be accepted in the beloved Jesus Christ. Another takeaway from this scenario I see is that we are to care for our families. God set up families, marriage, church, and government. Have you ever wondered what was going through Ruth's mind and what was in her heart at that time as she brought home this 30 to 50 pounds of grain and food to Naomi. How pleased and happy she must have been that she found favor in the eyes of Boaz and was able to bring this food home to her mother-in-law. For Ruth did all of this work just out of the kindness of her heart because she loved her mother-in-law. She loved Naomi. No wonder that we use the words that she used during our wedding ceremonies. Oh, that we would be able to, at the end of our days, be able to stand before God and give an account of all of the things that we have done, that it would be pleasing unto him, that we would not strive to gain his favor on purpose, but to truly just be obedient, as Ruth was, and to do the work that God sets before us so that it would bring him glory and honor. Thanks for listening, and next week we'll pick up in chapter 2, verse 20. Now that you've listened to the podcast today, remember to apply soap liberally this week. Choose a scripture from today's lesson. Write down your observation of the text. Consider how to apply it to your own life and write a love letter to the Lord in prayer. And don't forget to check out the blog at momentswithmoni.com for more information and free downloads. 
And while you're there, feel free to leave your comments and your questions. Until next time, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life.